This is the Amanda Murphy Radio. This podcast is for every woman who has ever felt less than, unworthy, or just not enough. This podcast is for any woman who has ever felt misled or unheard by society and is truly just fed up trying to keep up. Here, no topic or conversation is ever off limits. We will talk about ditching diet culture and intuitive eating, body image and self-acceptance, mindset and empowerment, literally all things women. Through each conversation and story, we will share tips, tools, and support to help you end the war against your body, make peace with food, and bust through your limiting beliefs to feel more empowered than ever before. It's time to put yourself back in the driver's seat and take back control of your body, your health, and your life. I'm your host, Amanda Murphy, certified intuitive eating counselor and mindset mentor for women. Are you excited? Girl, me too. All right, ladies, so you're going to get to listen in on this amazing conversation that I got to have with Sasha Davis. Sasha Davis is a confidence coach and she helps women overcome their fears, their insecurities, and really start taking action on the things that they want, whether that's in business or life. She really helps them get that ball rolling when we want to be our own worst enemy, when we want to get in our own way. So she allowed me to pick her brain on some of those tips, tricks, and tools, things to to do when, you know, maybe you're not feeling so confident or you're having trouble keeping that ball rolling and taking that next step and taking action in your life when it comes to anything that you want. So this conversation is just pure magic. And I'm not going to keep you waiting. Let's just dive right in. All right. So we'll just dive right on into it. Why don't you share a little bit about yourself and how you became a confidence coach, what that journey to becoming and making that decision looks like? Well, my name is Sasha Davis, and I am a confidence coach. And I recently became a confidence coach. Well, I guess it's been like three years um, this journey <laughs> recently, three years, whatever, um, this journey probably began, I would say 2006 when I found the law of attraction, 2006, 2007, when I found the book, the secret, the movie, the secret and the whole law of mm-hmm. attraction. So, um, prior to that, you know, growing up, I was raised on a farm, lived with my dad, you know, we always had hardships, lived pay, you know, paycheck to paycheck. And if you wanted something, you had to work for it. So at a very young age, you know, <laughs> I started working a couple jobs and trying to get through school and all that fun stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but so I'm in, I'm in college at this point and I have a psychology professor I went to school for psychology. So one of my psychology professors had us watch the movie, The Secret. And then we had to create this vision board. And I thought it was just a bunch of like hocus pocus, hippie woo woo junk. You know, at the time I was like, this is totally stupid, but whatever, I'll go for it. And so what we had to do was create these vision boards and kid you not, everything that I had put on that vision board within the next year had happened. And I was like fascinated by this. I was like, holy smokes, like the power of our mind is incredible. The power of our thought is incredible. And no, it was awesome. And it's kind of stuck with me ever since. Um, But as a, you know, as growing up, I was kind of a shithead. So I been in and out of these ruts. You know, I got into a lot of trouble with drinking. I got a lot of fights and in and out of jail. And, and I came to like this coming to Jesus a few years after I graduated college. 
um, I had gotten, you know, my dream job with like mental health, psychology, things like that, but I got my second OWI. And so I was let go from that position because you can't, you can't drive people with disabilities around when you, uh, don't have a license. So I was let go from that job and I'm like, Oh God, you know, like talking to the universe, like putting it out there, like, please show me my next step, whatever that looks like. And within the next day I had an opportunity at a corporate job um, that was supposed to be better hours, better pay. And I'm like, sweet, this is what everybody wants. Like everybody wants the nine to five. Everybody wants the weekends off. You know, everybody wants to make a decent paycheck and not have to, you know, do a whole lot for it kind of thing. And so I was in that job and I rose very quickly to upper level management. Um, within three years, I was, you know, the sales manager, customer service manager of the region, not just like our local place, but several different facilities within manufacturing, production, things like that. Um, but I found that as you climb the corporate ladder, there's a lot of politics, there's a lot of BS, like you have to they, they, it's a running joke of like CYA, CYA, which means cover your own ass, right? Cover your ass because you can never be authentically you. You can never actually say what you think, say what you feel. And so you're, it's almost like you're shamed or you're embarrassed or you're scared, you're afraid. And every day I went to job, I was like today, you know, every day I went to work, I was like, today's going to be the day I get fired. Today's going to be the day I get fired, you know? And, uh, the higher, the higher I climbed, the more miserable I was. And Mm. I got pregnant with my daughter in 2016. And that was the, like the next awakening where I was like, all right, something's got to change. I can't keep living like this. I'm angry. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I hate everybody. Like I'm sick of working 12 hour days for, you know, what felt like I would be replaced at the snap of a finger, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's how I felt. And, and so I started to embark on this journey of helping other women. Um, and in the beginning, that looked like health and fitness, because that was health and fitness has always been something that was very, I guess, close to my heart. Um, I've always been an active individual. I've played sports since I can remember. I've played roller derby, and I snowboard, and I do all of these you know, crazy gladiator races and all of these things. And so, um, fueling your body with, with food and focusing on how to feel better within your body was very important to me. I feel like diet culture kind of tells you that you have to eat a certain way to look a certain way versus eating a certain way to feel a certain way. Um, and so that's kind of where I started helping women was on this you know, health and fitness and mindset journey. And that transformed into what my confidence coaching is today, which is mainly life and business and teaching women to be the most confident version of themselves, which, which looks like overcoming fear and pushing their own limits, doing things that we didn't think were possible. You know, there's a lot of fear of judgment, fear of failure, fear of success, or a lot of anxiety and things around achieving your goals. And what does that look like? And how do I get started? And so my job now is to help you step by step become the person that you want to be and be able to share that with the world in a confident way versus hiding in a shell, hiding away, 
being stuck, being scared, being afraid of who you are as a person. Yeah, that sounds totally aligned with a phrase I always say is, you know, be fully in your power. I like that. Definitely. One, one thousand percent. I agree with that. (laughs) Yes. Now fear is such a huge thing. Like I don't know a single human being who doesn't experience fear. And I think if someone said they, they didn't, they'd probably be a liar. But what do do you see something like, or probably a few things that most women are fearful of? Like there's a, one thing or maybe it's a few things that just keep coming up for women, like a common theme. So the women that I work with, a lot of them are scared of failure. So there, there's, you know, fear of being a bad mom or fear of being a bad wife or fear of not achieving their goals and what people will think about them. And then the, on the other end of that, they have fear of putting themselves out there, which I also like to think of as the fear of success. Like what actually mm-hmm. happens if you get what you want. And sometimes that really scares people because as we learn and grow, we evolve the relationships that we have with our families and our friends. And sometimes it's scary to leave what's comfortable and what's normal, even though we want more, we keep ourselves small based on the mindsets of those around us. Yeah, I definitely could see that for sure. So what do you say is when these women come to you and they're having trouble facing their fears and overcoming their personal obstacles, what's the first and foremost thing that you feel that they have to do to make that step in the right direction or the direction they want to go to? First, what I have everybody do is write down anything and everything they can possibly think of. Sometimes we are squirrel brain, and I don't know if you can relate to this or not, but you know, we as humans have a million different thoughts that go in in our head all day. And we always say, oh, I'll come back to that, or oh, I'll remember to do that, or oh, this is a great idea, I'll remember, I'll, I'll do this, or I'll do that. Um, and then we create, you know, these crazy scenarios in our heads, or we get anxiety about the future, or we're like freaking out about the things that we need to get done on our to-do list. Um, whether that's with our, our daily stuff that we have to do with our household or our family, or the things that we need to do within our business or in our health and fitness goals, whatever that looks like. So the first thing that I always tell people to do is a brain dump, a personal inventory, right? literally anything and everything that you could possibly think of that you have to do today, tomorrow, next week, next year, 10 years, 20 years, whatever that looks like, write it all down onto paper. And then we're going to start organizing your thoughts. Once we figure out what we need to do, then we can start to prioritize. And then from there, I always tell people, you know, pick the highest leverage actions that are going to move the needle forward in, in your life to enhance your life. And then we're going to take action on those. And a lot of times those big high leverage action steps are the scariest, but those are the ones that are going to get us from, you know, point A to point B or on this path the quickest. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think so. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I do, I definitely relate to that because we, not only are we doing so much, but we're thinking so much. And when you were speaking, I was thinking how a lot of us have probably really great ideas pop into our head throughout the day. And we think we'll remember them later, 
and we totally forget about them because I don't, I'm guilty of this and I'm sure I can't be the only person. So I like that. I like that tactic a lot. No. And it's awesome that you say that because actually what I have is a running idea book. So if anybody listening to this has, you know, a million ideas throughout the day, write them in an idea book, or you can have like an idea board where you put like the idea on, um, a post-it. And then once you complete the idea, you know, you can like throw it away or put it to like the done pile. Otherwise, the other thing that I do if I'm out and about and I don't have like, you know, a journal or a notebook with me, I have a reminders list full of ideas <laughs> and I write them down. I just make it a habit. Anytime that like something comes into my head where I'm like, Ooh, I need to do this or, Ooh, I could do this or this will help me or that will help me. Or sometimes I see different events that I you know, want to attend or different people on, on social media that I want to connect with. And I'm like, Oh, I need to remind myself to reach out to that person about X, Y, Z. If I don't put it down in my phone or on a piece of paper, it will not happen. I've learned that that is how my brain is wired. I a million miles an hour. And so one of the things that I am focusing on is slowing down and learning to enjoy and embrace the journey versus just trying to like scatterbrain get, you know, from here to here to here to here to here and constant like hustle, 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 go, 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 because then we just end up burn out. So if I, mm-hmm. if I can write everything down and organize it from there, it really just helps me be focused and intentional and know, and know what I need to get done today, tomorrow, next week, and so on and so forth. Yes. To-do lists are my best friend. (laughs) Yes. So if fear is the biggest, the biggest thing that we have to overcome, do you see women creating fear? Like almost as like a safety net? Because I feel like in my personal inner work, my personal development journey, I have heard time and time again, women just almost creating fear kind of like how you said, like they're afraid of success in a way so that they Mm -hmm. don't have to move forward, that they can kind of give themselves an excuse to not move that needle. Do you see that happening at all ever? Oh, oh, definitely. And when people use fear as an excuse, I mean, it's just a, it's just a challenge. It's a block. It's a mindset, you know? And I think a lot of times people are like, Ooh, this I'm going to fail anyway. So why even try? Or so-and-so is going to say something about me doing this anyway. So why even try? And it starts that self-sabotage cycle to where we have, you know, this great idea, but like Mel Robbins would say that if you don't take some sort of forward action on that goal, dream, whatever it looks like within five seconds, you are going to spiral into negativity and you're going to self-sabotage any progress that you could potentially make. That's how quickly our brains default to the negative. So what I suggest to people is if they have an idea You have to say, you know, an idea, a goal, a dream, whatever it looks like. You know, if you want to run a race or if you want to call that person to make a sale, if you want to, whatever it looks like, you have literally five seconds to take some sort of action towards that goal in order for you to put it on your radar and keep going towards it. So what she says is, you know, five, four, three, two, one, go. And this can be as simple as like getting up in the morning. Like when I first started the the five second rule, it was, oh, I don't even remember what year she came out with this book or how I found it, but I've been using it for years and I use it to this day. And it's just rewiring your brain to take action before it overthinks and self-sabotage sets in. So one of the very first things that I started to do was I said, 
okay, I have all these things that I want to do, but I, you know, quote, don't have time to do it, which is an excuse that we can get into later. So I'm like, okay, how do I create the time? Right? Well, I, I get up at 7am. I could get up earlier. I could go to bed earlier. I could kind of restructure my day, right? You are in control of your schedule. You are in control of your time. But I wasn't a 5am'er at that time. I've always been a morning person, but I've never been like a 5am'er. And so I challenged myself to be a 5am'er. And so in order to get up at that time, I kid you not, my alarms would go off and they would literally say five, four, three, two, one, get out of bed. And I would have to prep talk myself every single step of the way. Five, four, three, two, one, sit up, put your feet on the floor. Five, four, three, two, one, stand up, go to the bathroom, turn on the light. Five, four, three, two, one, go make some coffee. <laughs> and then once the coffee was done, I was like, kind of like, okay, now I'm like a functioning human. I can, you know, kind of like get on with my morning routine. But even to this day, if something scares me, like a, a few weeks ago, I hosted my very first like large conference. I have done workshops and events and things like this for, for years. And I've spoken at other conferences and events, but this was the first time that I had hosted my own large conference. And when I had the idea, I was like, oh, how am I ever going to get that many people? How am I going to do this? And I said, nope, shut up. Five, four, three, two, one, start calling event centers, see what dates are available. You know what I mean? And like, I was yeah. terrified, but once you, once you start taking forward action, forward momentum, you know, a body in motion stays in motion. So if you keep moving forward, it becomes easier and easier. Yeah, totally. Now I'm going to give you a scenario. Okay. okay. So kind of going off of that, um, you said, what was the name of the, the person that you said did said, um, oh, word finding problems that you have five <laughs> seconds to take action before you start kind of like self-sabotaging. Her name is Mel Robbins and you can find her on YouTube. Otherwise her book is called uh, the five second rule. And she actually just came out with an audio book exclusive on audible called take control, take back control of your life. Um, and I really love her. She's a Midwesterner. She's no BS and she just has great philosophy when it comes to overcoming your fears and achieving your goals. I do think I've heard of that book. I'm definitely adding it to my list now, but okay. So my <laughs> scenario with that is let's say you, somebody, a woman who's just starting out, they have this passion project. They have this business idea They're You know, they want to move forward with it, but they're still working their nine to five. Maybe they're a stay at home mom, which is like seven, nine to five. And you know, they get this idea, they get this great, spark of momentum with something that they want to do, but they're in the middle of their job or they're in the middle of taking the little one to the doctor's appointment and they don't have the ability to take action within five seconds. What do you suggest in that moment and, or to that woman to keep the momentum going? Because I can imagine, and I guess I speak from personal experience at one point, you know, you're in that moment, you have massive momentum, massive motivation, but you can't take action at that moment. And later on, after several hours, and you have the time and the ability to now take action, either the fear has set in, the self-doubt, the self-sabotaging, or you've lost that momentum. What do you suggest in that, that scenario? So usually when you're in the thick of it, the last thing that's on your mind 
and just like, oh, I should achieve my goals right now while my kid is vomiting on me and shitting their pants in the hospital. So um, that scenario for me personally hasn't come up a lot, nor has it with my clients. But if you do get a wild hair, we're in the middle of something, you're like, man, I really wish my life was different. Um, what I suggest is taking literally two minutes to go step away and just breathe or even like a minute and just breathe or even putting like head, like headphones in or earplugs in. Like if you have a screaming child in your face, which if you're a mom, you've been there and you're like, I just need silence for one minute. Okay. And writing the things down that you need to do to take action on that. So let's say that you know, your kid's screaming at you in the face and all of a sudden you're like, man, I really want to start a podcast, you know, but I, I can't just go start a podcast right now. What I would suggest that you do is, you know, write down in your phone or write down somewhere. This is what I need to do at this amount of time. You know, so for me, I would say like, Hey, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to go sit down tonight and do three things to move the needle forward. And you try to just to put it aside until that time comes. And then again, that fear and that anxiety and all that stuff is going to come up. And that at that very moment, when you start to feel that, you know, in the pit of your stomach where you're like, Oh, I don't want to do this. Or the excuses start to set in. That is the exact time that you would start doing the five, four, three, two, one rule. So even when you're in the thick of it, as long as you are like committing to the process, that's the biggest thing versus just like, Oh, I'll do it later. You know, does that make mm -hmm. sense? Oh yeah. I think I get what you're saying. So it's mastering the art of the five, four, three, two, one rule. Yes. So if you can't take action right this second, like an actual action, writing it down and keeping that promise to yourself that you will take action on it is crucial. And it's all about keeping promises to ourselves and just moving the needle forward. So if there's something that I want to do, let's say, I don't know, right now, and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm in the middle of this interview. I can't obviously just like get up and go do something right now. I would write it down. And then after this, as soon as I had five seconds to move the needle forward, that's what I would do. And a lot of times that's where that fear comes in or that doubt or that self-sabotage or that lack mindset where it's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. You just need to take five seconds to, to figure out something to move the needle forward. Yeah. It's kind of like mastering the art of messy action. <laughs> it, exactly. And it's progress, not perfection. You know, I'm sure people say that all the time, like start messy and progress over perfect and all of those things. And, and really it's true. I mean, there's a million different ways that you can say it. You just need to do something. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just what is the next right step? That's the, what I focus on is the next step, not 10 steps from now, not 20 steps from now. What is the next step? If I have a goal in my head, writing it down would be the next step. After I write it down, assigning a date to where that goal would be done or, or getting the tools and the resources and the support that I would need to achieve that goal may be the next step. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's, it's a great way to break down the big picture into small steps. Well, yeah, because I feel like people get really overwhelmed when they see their big vision, you know, and they, they forget all the hundred steps that it takes to get there. They just see this big vision and they get overwhelmed. They're like, how am I ever going to make that happen? And will you, you make it happen 
happen by just starting. Like you don't just wake up one day and run a marathon. I mean, you could, you're going to be a hurt <laughs> unit the entire time. Yeah. But you practice, right? You show up, you run a mile. Once you figure out how to run a mile, you run two miles. Once you figure out how to run two miles, maybe you run four miles. You know, it's, it's all just putting one foot in front of the other and focusing on the things that you can do in the next 24 hours. And that's why that brain dump and that personal inventory is so crucial because it kind of helps us roadmap what our goals look like. Like, what do I need to do today? what should be done next week and then focusing just on that item versus the hundred freaking things that we need to do in order to achieve it. Yeah, totally. Now, is there, besides the five, four, three, two, one, um, trick, is there anything else on a daily basis or almost daily basis that you do, or you highly recommend women to do in their lives to keep, you know, motiv mo look, motivation or momentum in their life, whether they're in business or not. <laughs> yeah, no, I have, I have tons of things that people can do and it's all just kind of picking and choosing what works best for you. I find that there's a ton of information out there and sometimes it can be overwhelming because you're like, well, should I do a morning routine and an evening routine? And do I need to meal prep and do I need to run five miles a day? Yeah. And then and you just try I... to do it all and it's counterproductive. Exactly. And so what I like to say is you need to find what works for you by experimenting. So I will share what works for me and what works for me may or may not necessarily work for you. Now it took me years to come up with what works for me. I started, you know, with a morning routine and another resource that I'll throw out there is Hal Elrod miracle morning. And this has been a game changer for me. I've been doing it for years and it is basically setting up your entire day for success in one hour in the morning. You can do it in as little as six minutes. Everybody has six minutes that they can spend for themselves in the morning, or you can do it as much as an hour. And so what this looks like is it's called the savers program. And what it, what it is, is S stands for silence. So that is, that is S stands for silence. And that is like your meditation. Okay. So you just okay. sit there and you focus on what it is that you need to do today, whether that's a gratitude meditation, a walking meditation, a sit and cross your legs and all meditation, um, guided meditations, apps like Headspace or Calm or um, Abraham Hicks. Like there's tons of things out there. You just have to find what works for you. A stands for affirmations. So there's power behind the language that you tell yourself and the language that you tell other people. So if you feel you know, scared or weak or not successful. Maybe some of your affirmations are going to be, I am strong. I am brave. I am super successful. Opportunities come to me every day. And so I like to think of, you know, five or 10 different affirmations that pertain to me and where I'm at in my life. Um, you can literally just make your own up. Otherwise there's a ton on Pinterest or Google, wherever, just look up morning affirmations. Next is visualization. And so this is where you either have a vision board. That's one way of doing it. Or you simply just close your eyes and visualize how you want your day to go. Right. So pretend that, you know, if you're a football player, you know, a lot of football players will visualize the ending of the game and how the game is going to go, you know, or, like me in, in roller derby or in softball or in basketball, like you visualize how the game is going to go and it helps you paint that picture of what you want the end result to be. So visualize your day. How do you want your day to go? Do you want it to be peaceful, calm? How do you implement those things into your day and visualize it? Next would be exercise. And 
the E stands for exercise. And this can be something super simple. Literally, you can do like 10 squats, 10 jumping jacks, 10 push-ups, right? Just getting your heart rate going for a minute, at least a minute. And this is just kind of setting the intention for the day that like my body is meant to move. So I'm going to move my body. Now you can do whatever works for you. You can do at home workouts. You can go to the gym. You can go for a run. You can go for a walk. I don't care what it looks like for me. I just run in place for like a minute to get my heart rate up because it helps wake me up and helps energize me for the day. Next is read. So personal development every freaking day. I don't care if this is a book. I don't care if this is a podcast or YouTube video. It does not matter what it looks like. Literally spending 10 minutes a day absorbing some form of personal development will be huge for you. There's tons of free resources out there. So if you can't afford, you know, an audible, um, uh, subscription. If you can't afford to buy books, like podcasts are totally free. Obviously you're listening to this one, make it a point to listen to this for 10 minutes every day, or, you know, make it a point to look up new people on YouTube that can help you move the needle forward in your personal development. Um, you can listen to this in a shower. You can listen to it in a car. Like it's whatever it works for you. And then the last thing, the S stands for scribe. And this is journaling your intentions for the day. This is journaling your goals. This is journaling your dreams. This is recapping your previous day. It's putting your thoughts onto paper so that you can organize it. Okay. And this is something that I do every single morning. Um, and then in addition to that, I do end up doing like a 30 minute workout because the body in motion again stays in motion and health, you know, and the other thing that people say is health is wealth. And it's true because if you're not taking care of yourself, how can you help take care of other people? So I like to make sure that I am operating at a high level. If you guys can't tell, like I'm very energized, like all the time. And that's because I, I take care of myself and I didn't used to be that way. I lived on booze and cigarettes and like Red Bull, like diet Mountain Dew. Like that was you know, I lived on caffeine, like a ton of caffeine, a ton of nicotine. And when I couldn't go to sleep at night, I would drink until I went to sleep. And that was how I functioned. And I was very sick. Um, I just, <laughs> I had really bad acne and I was really angry and I was really irritable and it was just not a way to live. And so when I started to see the, the relation, the correlation between what you put into your body versus how you feel was huge for me. Um, other things that people can do are literally just, I mean, spending 10 minutes a day on something that sets your soul on fire. So figure out what Ooh, yeah, you enjoy. Oh man, like seriously, anything that you enjoy, I don't care if it's horses or dogs or binging on Netflix or, well, that's maybe not too super life enhancing, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like whatever it is, that's 10 minutes of something that's going to light you up spend 10 minutes doing that because how you feel after that will radiate throughout your day. And so I, I always try to find time to do something that lights me up, whether that's, re you know, and I have horses. So like, I like to spend time with my horses or spend time with my dogs or spend time with my daughter, or I don't know. Um, I, I make it a routine to get, you know, the massages and the facials and things like that now. And that never used to be part of my routine because I thought that was totally absurd. But now I'm to the point where I'm like, okay, these are helping other people grow their business and it makes me feel a hell of a lot better, which in turn, when I feel better, my people feel better. And so it's just this 
you know, revolving circle of like, everybody feels good kind of thing, which is, um, (laughs) yeah, no. And it was a, it was a total mindset shift because I was always like, I'm not wasting any money on that. And now I look at it that I'm enhancing somebody's business and enhancing, enhancing how I feel. So it's a win-win for me. Oh yeah. Um, gosh, I could go on and on and on. You're just going to have to shut me up. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. So all is good. Oh man. No, let's see. There's just, there's a million things that you guys could do and it's all, it can be all very overwhelming. The only thing that I'm going to say that I suggest is finding 10 minutes a day for yourself. Okay. Whatever that looks like. If you're somebody that likes to journal, journal for 10 minutes every day and then add on from there. If you're somebody who likes to read every day, read for 10 minutes, add on from there. But, um, the, the very basic thing, very first thing that I did was create that morning routine. And that was the miracle morning with Hal Elrod. And then everything kind of just skyrocketed from there. But if you can find time to, you know, move your body, drink half your body weight in ounces of water, find an accountability group or a support group where you can be challenged to become your highest version of yourself, then that is going to definitely help you in your personal life too. Yeah. And as, um, as you were, you were talking, I definitely was thinking about how I think we see so many other, other individuals doing things that work for them and set their soul on fire. And like you were saying, the things that work for you might not work for others. And I think that we get stuck in a way of like, well, if it works for her, it must work for me. And we keep trying the same things. And it's almost like we're beating a dead horse. Yes. And I don't think we stop to think sometimes that maybe it's because what we're trying isn't working for me. Exactly. And that's where your intuition and that gut feeling comes in. And so I'm a, I'm a very intuitive person. I, I didn't realize this until, I don't know, a handful of years ago, but you know, your gut never steers you wrong. How many times have you told yourself, you're like, man, I should have listened to my gut. I knew that yeah. wasn't a good idea, but you did it anyways. And so we've been conditioned over time and through society and, you know, our jobs and school and all of these obligations to shut off that intuition and, you know, just do this, do as I say, not as I do, or do this because that's going to help you lose weight or do this because that's going to help move your business forward. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What works for me could be entirely different than what works for you because we're two different people, right? Absolutely. Say you have a peanut allergy and somebody's like, hey, you guys need to eat peanuts to survive. One of us is going to live and one of us is going to die. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. what, what works for me is not going to be the same thing that works for you. And so listening to your gut, when something doesn't feel right, don't do it. But if something feels good, and even if you're looking around and nobody else is doing it, listen to that. There's been so many times I've shut off that intuition or that gut feeling because I'm like, ah, I'm the only person that's doing this. And that is okay. That's where that confidence comes in. And you have to like trust your inner, you have to trust your instincts and do what is right for you and for your family. Absolutely. Now, do you ever find that women have trouble listening to their intuition and and really tuning into that and hearing, hearing it even all the time, all the time, all the damn time. Like even talking to moms when it comes to, I'm going to throw out a touchy subject here, but when it comes to like pregnancy and birth and breastfeeding and vaccinations and all these things, like you're told one thing 
over and over and over. And then as soon as you start to think a different way, like you're shamed for it, or, you know, yeah. like I'm, I'm 26 weeks pregnant right now with my second child. And well, congratulations. Um, well, thank you. But I felt so scared and afraid to even say that, like with my first child that I wanted to have like a natural childbirth because people are like, you're crazy. You're, you're not going to get an epidural or you're not going to do this or you're, you know, and you're shamed for the ways that you want to do things. And so I went with what my gut had told me and it all ended up turning out just fine. But had I listened to somebody, I would have regret my decisions. You know what I mean? Or, or even like with like, um, breastfeeding or like starting a business or things like that. You know, a lot of times when people want to achieve these goals, outsiders, people who are actually not doing the same goal as you have an opinion on what it is that you're doing. And so what I want to say to these women is if they are not in the arena with you, if they are not standing next to you going after the same damn thing, their opinion does not matter. Zero zilch, null and void. Do not listen to them because they have no idea what it is that you are going through and what works for you. Yeah. And to add to that too, I think, cause like you said, you would regret if you went the other way. And, you know, even if we listen to other people's opinions, sometimes things will work out, like we'll be okay and mm-hmm. it all works out, but you might not have enjoyed it as much, or it might not have spoke to you as much, or, you know, you might not have been as happy going. Exactly. Way. And yes, exactly. And not, and not every situation is like life or death or like, you know, all of these things. I, I tend to use like extreme examples, <laughs> but um, they happen. They do, you know, and sometimes that regret or that guilt for not listening to ourselves really eats at us. You know, I've talked to a lot of women that are like, man, I really wish that I wouldn't have married that guy. Or I really wish that I wouldn't have started that job. Or I really wish that I wouldn't have done this or done that. And I, you know, and a lot of times they always finish with, I should have listened to my gut. Yeah. It's It's there for a reason. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, being a confidence coach, and you said it's been a three years, which seemed to have flown by. Um, yes. Coaching other women, I'm sure you had to have learned so much about yourself in those three years. Absolutely. I mean, being um, becoming a mother and becoming an entrepreneur is like personal and professional development on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, that's the only way that I can put it and learning, uh, like who I want to work with and what I want to say and how I want things to look and how I want to feel and how I want to set up my day and how I want to, you know, reach a wider audience, how I want to share my message, how I want to parent, how I want to be a wife, how I want to enjoy my activities. Like everything is so different when you work with other individuals in a vulnerable setting you know, you have to learn how to protect your energy, right? Because definitely some, oh man, there's sometimes like when I first started, um, you know, as a, as a early on entrepreneur, you know, you want to like help everybody. Like I'm going to help all the people. I want to say yes to everybody. And then you say yes to everybody. And then you're like, what the hell did I get myself into? Like this person's a Debbie Downer. That person's a negative Nancy. This person says they don't have, and it's like, you just, they're not your people, but you don't know that until you get started kind of thing. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I got very clear on, you know, the type of people that I want to work with and how I set up my day and how I interact with other individuals and 
the things I say to them, you know, I'm, I'm very good at protecting my energy now and not attaching myself to somebody else's results. Mm, yeah, that's huge. For sure. So when either yourself or women that you're working with, they obviously have big visions for themselves personally and maybe in their business or their passion project or their life. And, you know, they have all these goals and they're working towards them and they're not there yet. And that can sometimes get very discouraging. What advice do you give to women in that scenario? To still, I guess, accept themselves, love themselves and be gentle with themselves, but still have that power to move forward. How do you bridge that gap? Help them do that. They just have to keep showing up every day. Nothing happens overnight. And it's literally rewiring your brain to enjoy the journey and not the destination. Because guess what? When you get to that destination, you're going to want a new goal. And it's just never ending. You know, so I try to focus on how you want to feel. So for example, if you want, let's say you want to run a marathon, right? Great. Okay. How is that marathon going to make you feel? How are you going to feel when you complete that marathon? A lot of times people will say, well, I feel energized. I feel strong. I feel alive. I feel successful. I'm like, okay, great. How can we incorporate those feelings, those emotions into your everyday life? What is one thing you can do today to help you feel successful? What is one thing you can do to help you feel alive? And it's incorporating those emotions daily versus I can only feel happy and alive and successful when I achieve this goal. And it's learning to enjoy the whole process versus just like, I'm not going to give myself any, you know, any accomplishment or any celebration is the word I'm looking for any celebration until I do the thing. And it's like, okay, great. You're going to get to that goal. Yes. By all means celebrate. Cause that's a hell of a goal but then you're going to move on to the next goal. <laughs> it's yeah. just how we're wired. Once you achieve one thing, you want to move on to the next. And so I always tell people, you know, show up every single day, take one baby step forward. And over the course of a year, 365 steps forward is a whole lot of freaking steps. And so when I work with people, I do quarterly recaps because oftentimes we forget how far we've come in such a short amount of time because we're always focusing on the future, the future, the future that we forget about the now and all of the things that we already have accomplished. So quarterly, I like to set up calls with people, with my clients and say, Hey, let's go over all of the accomplishments, all of the achievements, all of the big milestones that you've completed in the last 90 days. Can we just recap those and take a minute to celebrate? Because that's a big deal. Yeah. We don't celebrate ourselves nearly as much as we should. Oh no, I have, it's a constant reminder for myself and for the people that I work with. They're like, yay, I paid off my car. And I'm like, okay, great. How are you going to celebrate? They're like, oh, I haven't thought about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you need to celebrate that shit. I don't care if it's getting yourself a pedicure or buying yourself a fancy coffee, like something significant to you that shows that like, Hey, I made this goal. I'm going to celebrate, you know? Yeah, definitely. All right. So one last question. And I usually ask what does it mean to be fully in your power to you? What does that mean in your definition, in your world? What it means to be fully in your power is to show up authentically in your life without being afraid of who you are on the inside. 
good, bad, ugly. I want you just to be confident in who you are as a person and how you can effectively communicate that to your family, your community, and really owning your power and knowing that what you are good at, you can help other people with, or you can enjoy that skill, that power, and learn to embrace it and just have fun. I think sometimes we take life so seriously yes. and, and when Amen. we start to step into like who it is that we are called to be, we start to have more fun. We have more time. We have more energy. We have more freedom. And so it's, it's the process is scary, but when you get to that other side of fear, the possibilities are endless. Oof, I love that. I love that so much. All right, Sasha. So if everybody wants to come hang out with you, chat with you, find you, where can they find you? Well, the two places that I'm most visible on or the places I like to hang out are actually on podcasts. I also have a podcast called the Confidence Coach Podcast with Sasha Davis. So you guys can go check me out over there. It's uh, super raw and real. You might catch some F-bombs, but whatever. It is what it is. And then my other favorite place is Instagram. So you can follow me at Sasha.Davis. Um, and I spell my name kind of goofy. You can thank my mom for that. It's S-A-U-S-H-A dot D-A-V-I-S. And I love being on the stories. I love just talking about all things confidence, courage, stepping into your power, owning who you want to be. And having some fun doing it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I loved this. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. If you loved this episode as much as I did, please take a moment to leave a rating and a review. Let me know what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you really loved this episode, please be sure to share it with somebody else who you think would love it just as much. You can take a screenshot, share it on Instagram. You truly don't know who can benefit from hearing this conversation or this message. If you want to be friends, and I really would like to be friends, you can find me on Instagram at theamandamurphy or at theamandamurphy.com. And until we chat next time, just remember that you are not alone and that life without dieting does exist. Bye, babes.